Welcome back to Integrative Lyme Solutions with Dr. Carlfeld. I am so excited about the show that we have ahead of us. We have some phenomenal information that could save lives. I am Dr. Michael Carlfeld, and with me I have my co-host, Tanya Hobo. We are, you're going to need to tune in to what's going on today. Uh, the information is jam-packed, so uh, yeah, don't step away. So excited. Let's go ahead and get this started. Welcome to Integrative Lyme Solutions with Dr. Carl Felt. We are so excited to have you with us today, Katie. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So we chatted just briefly before this, and you're down in Florida, and I'm so excited to hear that you that you missed, um, it was Ian, right? Is that the name of this one? Yes. Yes. So grateful to hear that you were outside of that, that mess there. So you are in Florida now. Is that where your journey started or? No, no. Um, I grew up in Connecticut, two towns over from Lyme, Connecticut. From Lyme. Okay. I should have known them. All right. So where did it all start? When, when, how long ago? Um, I wasn't diagnosed till my mid forties, but I had lots and lots of symptoms um my the naturopath that I worked with um he's convinced and I'm also totally convinced that I had had it since I was a young child and uh, you know we had um, a big field behind our house and my favorite place to hang out was this that I made in the tall grass I mean literally sit there you know (laughs) right and I hung out in the woods and you know down by the beach it wasn't as big a deal but um I was in the woods all the time and it, you know, if I had not gotten it, there'd probably be something wrong with me. So, um, but I started to, you know, as I like look back at symptoms, um, there was the mental health stuff and different um, inflammatory events. And I got Bell's palsy in college, which, you know, there were so many different things. Um, and just, you know, the joint stuff and stomach symptoms and, so much of it. I mean, everybody gets Lyme differently for sure. But, um, you know, no one thought to, no one, not once did anyone say. You're right outside of Lyme and nobody thought of Lyme. That, isn't that just so sad? It's so sad that we just don't have that recognition. I mean, I can understand, you know, because there are some doctors out there that says, oh, there's no Lyme outside of Connecticut, right? right <laughs> there's no right. Lyme in California where, where I got sick right. at. And I'm like, okay, so they're just in those borders of that, you know. But when you're right there in, in the thick of it, for somebody not to immediately think of Lyme is just mind-blowing. It was insane. And I wouldn't, I mean, we had, t- we had dogs, you know, we we're picking ticks off them all the time. I, mean, I don't remember deer ticks, but you know, it's, it's transmitted in so many different ways, you know, not just deer ticks. And, um, you yeah, know, we were constantly, that was a, my, my father hunted, he took the dogs in the woods, you know, it was yeah. this constant, okay, you know, we have a tick on us, you know, I mean, it wasn't um, a strange occurrence by any stretch. Right. So, but yeah, I didn't get diagnosed till my mid forties. And um, so just over the I, years growing up, you would just have like what you mentioned, these random yeah. things that would just pop up. Did you for ever sure. go to the doctor for any of them or, oh, yeah. and they were just kind of dismissed as, 
as all yeah, sorts of like, things, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, you know, nobody could tell me why I had Bell's palsy in college. They said it was the stress of taking exams and, and that did not make sense to me. You know, um, everybody takes exams. They don't get Bell's palsy. <laughs> right. Right. And, you know, some of the symptoms, like I have hypermobility, um, I have EDS with hypermobility. So, you know, some of the symptoms I can look back and say they were related to that also, but I think that the, the Lyme, um, made any symptoms I would have had with hypermobility worse. And as it turned out, I not only had the regular Lyme bug, I also had every co-infection you can have wow. um, and chronic fatigue virus and mold when I was diagnosed. And the traditional test came back, you know, there's nothing wrong with you. Um, but I just, I knew something was not right. And my doctor said I had been treating it symptomatically on my own, you know, cause I didn't get any help. So, um, I was fortunate that he has been helping people for you know over 40 years. Um, he didn't use antibiotics, which was important to me because I can't tolerate them. Um, they do have a place. Right. I know people who they've helped. I know people who sicker with them. So we're all different. But um, you know, I was really fortunate to find somebody that had experience with this, um, and he was in Connecticut as well. So right. Okay, so let's back up just a little bit. So when is it that you finally decided somebody's got to tell you what's going on with you? Where, where were you at symptom-wise? Were you, did everything just kind of come crashing down on you one day and you're like, okay, something's going on. I've, I've really got to get to the bottom of it. Or what were your symptoms when you well, finally went after it? It was, it was more that I... I didn't have it, you know, as badly as a lot of people. And a lot of the people that I work with in my medical intuition and, and counseling practice, like, you know, they're bedridden, they, it's affected every part of their body. And so for me, um, I had depression that I could not shake no matter what I did. Um, it was better than it had been because I had worked on it a lot. Um, I was really tired. Um, there's a lot of aches and stuff. And I just, was like feeling like I should feel better. You know, there's something there no one's ever touched on. I intuitively just said there's something more going on. And um so you must have been living a fairly healthy lifestyle and yeah, you just yeah. thought, you know, I should be healthy. There's a lot of healthy people out there. Why why am I not one of them? Right. And I was I ate really well, you know, I took care of my mental health stuff. I I did everything that I thought I could possibly do. And I just still had this lingering stuff, you know, not sleeping and the fatigue and the, it just was like, there's something not, not right. And yeah. um, the more it's kind of funny, I call myself a guinea pig for my <laughs> clients, but um, the more I learned about Lyme and then I found out I had it, I started to get so many Lyme clients and I was like, okay, so obviously, you know, this was supposed to happen so I could help other people. Um, but it was pretty, um, it was pretty miraculous that the symptoms that I had had forever, such as depression actually went away, like totally went away. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. Because it does so much damage to us, especially going undiagnosed for so long that sometimes those symptoms are really hard to, to reverse. 
So, yeah. so what kind of a doctor did you initially go to, to, um, when you kind of, you know, in your, you know, close to your forties or whenever yeah, you yeah, decided no, to figure it out? I just went to, you know, regular family doctor person. I mostly, I was pretty natural anyway. I kind of stuck to naturopaths and things like that. Um, but it's kind of a blur quite a while ago. Um, but I just went to like regular doctor and said, you know, can you test me for Lyme? Because I have all these things. And I started, you know, learning more and more about it. Um, and did the lovely Western lot, which is freaking useless. Um, because that is the less sensitive test. And if that doesn't come back positive, then they don't test you anymore. It's like, are you kidding me? Um, so of course, you know, I was negative on that. And they're like, well, you're fine. And I'm just knew enough about doctors and Western medicine to be like, uh, yeah, no. Um, so then I went to, I did a lot more research and, um, met some people who had recovered, you know, okay. and, um, was kind of surprised to find out that they worked with the guy I'd been, I had known since I was 17, who diagnosed me from, for everything, um, who's a naturopath. So that made a lot more sense to go to somebody like that. Mm -hmm. um, and there's, some of the things are gonna sound kind of weird um, and kind of like woo woo, but it worked for there, me. You know, there's a lot of, nothing surprises me when we talk about Lyme. We right. talk about the, the, you know, there are some good things. We talk about the good, the bad, the ugly. Yep. We talk about the poop. We talk about suicidal. We talk about, oh, yeah. Yeah. you know, when I met Dr. Carl Felt, I told my mom, I says, oh, I've met this woohoo doctor. He's like really voodoo-ish. Not really sure. I think I just got taken for my money, but, but I'm going to see how it goes. So yeah, absolutely yeah. nothing surprises me. It may surprise our listeners, but not me. Right. <laughs> so, so you go um, to this doctor that you know and yeah. lay out and on the line your symptoms. Right, right. Um, and they use something called a Vega machine, which is a electronic frequency thing. Um, it's used more in Europe than it is here. And they can't officially call it diagnosing um, because of the nature of the machine. Um, but you basically, um, they can do it long distance too. And like a, like a telemed thing. Yes, yes, okay. they can do it with saliva too. But okay. um, I was there. Um, I held on to the metal on the machine, and he poked me with things—nothing like you know, needly or something—and um, kept getting different um, registering of electronic frequencies on this weird machine. And I came out with a printout of what was going on in my body, which was all of the limes, every single one, every co-infection, uh, mycoplasm. Uh, chronic fatigue virus. I didn't have EPV, I had chronic fatigue virus and mold um, and a really high toxicity level, which to me was surprising because I avoided all chemicals as much as I can because I'm so freaking sensitive to them, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I just was like, okay, I finally got an answer. So that was really nice. Right. And then um, basically he... so that so the machine yeah. that you're describing because and, and i've never heard of it so sure. it's it's called the vega machine yes yes okay and so now is that just a machine to diagnose you or is it um, part of the treatment as well 
It's both. Okay. It's both. Okay. So initially he used it. Right. To give you your diagnosis and, and you've right. got it all. <laughs> you've got right. A through Z. Okay. Exactly. All right. Exactly. And, you know, we discussed how it's probably been in my system forever and um, didn't doubt that I'd probably had it since I was a kid. And, you know, so we kind of put a whole lot of pieces together. But then he uses that machine um, to match you with the exact treatments. So homeopathic remedies and things that kick up the line below. Um, and, um, you know, natural antibiotics and um, all kinds of things. So he matched you with the exact treatment and things that register with your body and what you have. So it's all individualized treatment, which is a cool thing. Um, and then you basically check in a month or so, and he does the electronic frequency stuff again, and your levels register or not. Like some things don't show up because they're being treated, right. you know, um, and some things do and it's like, okay, we need to do more work in this. So they may change it or whatever. Um, so that was part one of my line treatment. Okay. And so we're talking about the, again, the Vega machine, right? Yes. Yes. Okay, and I'm sure the doctor can chime in on that because, like I said, I've never heard of it. But so you got your diagnosis that way, and then you're doing the initial part of your treatment through that. Yeah, and right. There, and there are a number of those type of machines out there that that are, and they're they're great. I mean, so they look at the the frequency of so because each each microbe, each exactly. each uh, chemical have a metal, nutrient, tissue. Yeah all of them have a specific signature frequency that is associated with them. So as you're then scanning the body electronically, you can then pick up these specific frequencies and then see how much of that exists in the body. And then you can match that with, you know, what, what herb or what supplement will have a neutralizing frequency, you know, to, to help to kind of neutralize that energy of that microbe or whatever it is. Exactly. Exactly. So is it like another form of muscle testing, but using a machine? Yes, it is. And we, we have, we, we don't have the Vega machine at our center. We, we have another one like it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. they, their number, uh, it, they used to come initially was with, you know, you, you put your hands on it. You know, it was, uh, and that, that was one of the ones, the one that we have, it, it, it kind of does, uh, it measures transduction through the bones. Um, and uh, and I can't remember the Vega machine how how that one measures is it is it also just kind of through the hands I mean you you place your hands on a um you hold one metal thing and then he kind of pokes you with the probe uh -huh. um, and then but he also uses saliva so you can do it long distance too mm -hmm. yeah which which is cool yeah so yeah, yeah that that that's the way that a lot of those machines that have kind of evolved to where you can do it long distance where you know, testing saliva and testing and and some can even do it just through voice you know where where they can measure things yeah. through voice as well wow yeah. now we we mentioned earlier talking about voodoo stuff now that's <laughs> really voodoo doctor it, it is yeah it's really cool yeah, i remember at at a, a, a what was it it was a fair this must have been like 20 some years ago where uh, these things were just kind of coming out and you you got to they personalize the nutrients based upon the the frequency mm -hmm. of your voice so you would say something 
and that would then measure and see how you were deficient, like vitamin C, vitamin D, wow. you know, mineral. And so then there'd be a, a personalized supplement, you know, based upon your voice frequency. So, so that, that was like 20 years ago. And, and I, I know it, it's, I mean, things have advanced quite a bit since then. So, yeah. so that's awesome that you're doing that. And, and how did you feel? I mean, af, after like a month of, of that. Um, so yeah, we did that. The first thing he did was homeopathically detox me to kind of get me ready for the treatment because, you know, I've learned that if somebody something when they're in a high toxicity state, even if it's something that's supposed to be not harmful, it can cause more problems. So, you know, we did that first. Um, and then he kind of got me ready for treatment and kind of kicked things up and got it. So it was, um, more measurable in the bloodstream. Um, and about two months in, I think that's when I started the Rife as well. Mm, yes. Oh, said the, uh, uh, spooky two is, is that the Rife machine used? So which one was it? No, no, it was a pretty heavy duty one. Um, it's a two part. So it had a frequency generator. Um, and then the second part was, you know, to program it and hit all the things, but it was, it was a pretty high test machine in their office that they had had for quite a long time. Um, I don't think they even make it anymore from what I understand. Um, but it was, yeah, it's, it's pretty, um, pretty powerful so much so that I only had to go every four to six weeks for treatment. And, so, and did you feel die off from it? Cause I mean, some people can well, feel pretty horrible after No. No, they did it. They know what they're doing. They've been doing this for a long time. And so they just went slowly. Um, you know, I took an Epsom salt bath every time, but I really didn't have any. Right. So I was pretty excited about that. And the treatment from kind of start to finish was nine months. I was really fortunate and nothing registered anymore. Um, my symptoms went away, including depression that I had had since I was 12. Um, so yeah, it was really pretty, pretty amazing. And I worked on it, you know, spiritually and emotionally too, because you want to look at all of the root cause and all the contributors, you know, um, so I, I made some changes in different areas of my life and, you know, talked to my guides and, and did all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, so I've been really, really fortunate. That's wonderful. That's really cool. Yes, that is. And, and I, I still am just, um, blown away that you were right outside of Lyme and <laughs> you, you suffered with Lyme your whole life. <laughs> it's yeah, just mind blowing to me. <laughs> I mean, I get that coming, you know, from a different state, but not right outside of Lyme, Connecticut. Come on. Two pounds away. (laughs) Right. So with your journey, um, I know that you've kind of ventured off into something different and you're now the author of a new book. Can you Mm -hmm. tell us about that? Sure. So, yeah, I went on to become a licensed professional counselor and I always worked really intuitively. And now I work, I still do counseling, but I'm a medical and spiritual intuitive. And so I help people to figure out what their symptoms mean, some of the root causes, um, you know, looking at spiritual, emotional, and physical stuff going on with people. Um, I cannot and do not diagnose because that is illegal and unethical. Um, There are people who do this work who do. It's not cool. So happy to hear that. Um, you know, I have people that I refer to and now I have you guys as another resource. So that's awesome. Um, so yeah, I work with a lot of people with different things, some who are sick, some are not, but with Lyme and, and other things. And I wanted to, well, 
when I found out I had Lyme, I talked to my spirit guides and I said, okay, what are you, what are you trying to tell me? Because this is kind of scary. You know, I don't, I knew enough not to identify as a patient. I didn't even want to use the word Lyme. Um, I didn't say my before my symptoms. I'm just like, yes, I have this and I need to deal with it, but I am not Lyme. You know, that's separate from who I am and I'm not going to let it take over my life and scare me. So I basically said, okay, what's the deal? You know, what do you want me to know about this? And they said, well, we've been telling you since you were 16 that you needed to write this book and you haven't done it yet. And it's time to write your proposal. So get over the fear and knock it off and do this. So um, part of my book is talking about, you know, my story, my recovery from Lyme and eating disorders and depression. It's um, teaching people how to be their own medical intuitive and to look at their symptoms and their issues and look at all of the root causes and, you know, seeing patterns, um, finding out how to talk to their intuition and also just um, finding out who their true authentic self is, because if we're not true to ourselves, then it's really hard to be happy and it's hard to be in happy relationships. And as you know, um, attitude has a lot to do with recovery in whether you're happy or not and whether you have joy in your life and you're taking care of yourself. And people find out that or they think they need to be sick to have an excuse to say no or to take care of themselves or to take time off. That's and a big one right there. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's the opposite. You know, you need to take care of yourself if you want to heal. So that's the basic premise of my book. But there's a lot of tons of like hands-on activities and um, and charts and all kinds of stuff. So there's, you know, 30 years of of my experience in there and a lot of different topics. That's really cool. Yeah. I, I, I don't know how many times I hear this in regards to, you know, you have with Lyme, but also with uh, cancer patients that I have that they developed cancer to give themselves a reason to not have to be, you know, to live the kind of life that they're in to, you know, be stuck in the nine to five or to be stuck in a relationship or to be stuck in, so then they have to develop some some excuse that can that they can use to say that no I can't do this anymore, yeah. You know, so it it is that it's such an important part to look at your life, and 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 scan and and kind of you know that that intuitive connecting with yourself, uh, to to clear that and address that before you have to use something horrible, yeah, uh, to give yourself the. Uh, you know, the reason to, to live the life you want to live, you know, live, live yeah. with joy. Absolutely. And some people don't want to hear that. You know, they're like, well, I'll get out of my horrible marriage um, when I feel better or, you know, when I have the money or, um, or whatever, just tons of excuses. And I'm always like, yeah, no, you have to do it at the same time um, or before, or at least be working on it. If you want to give your body the message that you're worth healing. You know, because um, it just doesn't, you can't heal in misery. <laughs> it, it's impossible. Yeah, yeah, you can't. And you and you have to have that, um, that positive thought every day that you can get better. You know, just like if you're telling yourself all the time that you're lazy, well, you're, you're going to, you are lazy, you know, you're going to be what you say. I, I, I wish that, um. I, I don't know if if now, Katie, you're you're telling me my brain isn't working exactly right when I say that when I was sick, 
I still didn't know how to say no. <laughs> mm. I wouldn't let my illness control what I did. So if somebody needed my help, I couldn't help myself. I was so sick. But right. gosh, I would sure go get dressed and go help them. Now, now, what is wrong with me? <laughs> <laughs> well, someone did not teach you boundaries. Apparently, right? <laughs> they didn't teach you that it was okay to take care of yourself. And a lot of the time when we make those changes, people react to it. So we're afraid that people are not going to want to be around us or they're going to be angry at us or we have to change our circle of friends or we have to a lot of it's fear of success too but if because if you own your power and you say wow i am good at this and i do deserve this and you can't live in the past anymore you have to move forward and that's scary too you know people who they're like i want to start my own business um but i can't if i'm sick so well you know, maybe the issue is you want to start that business. So start working on that, you know? Yeah. Um, and a lot of it is just being in the now and, and connecting to your body, being in your body, let it, let it tell you what it wants to tell you and the signals and the, you know, the symbolism and because our bodies do tell a lot about what we need to do to heal. They really do. We just need to be you know, focused on, on listening to, to what it's trying to tell us. So, yeah, I love that. And that's not to say like, I don't want people to listen who are in really, really horrible shape, you know, and be like, oh my God, they don't get it. And, you know, I really do feel horrible and I want to die and there's no hope. And like, I have so much empathy for people like that and I get it and I get that they're, you know, in a horrible place and, and this is not in any way to diminish their experience. Right. And thank you for saying that, because I do think that is very important. Um, we had a podcast a, a few weeks ago, I think, and we were talking to somebody and, and somehow we got on the topic of, of the different Facebook groups that are out there for Lyme mm -hmm. and how people will, you know, go out there looking for help and that support or maybe even just validation. And sure. people will say, you know, you need to get God in your life. And they go off, you know, the deep end. They're like, you don't even know. Or, you know, God, if right. there was a God, I wouldn't be sick or whatever. So right. so it is important for um, the listeners to know that, you know, your journey is just as important as my journey was. You weren't right. bedridden. That doesn't matter. And That's so right. the people that are struggling right now, somebody's been in their shoes. And... Right and we understand and we're not negating how you feel. And it exactly. is okay to feel sorry for yourself and mm -hmm. and feel mm -hmm. like you wanna give up, you know? But then the next day you gotta put them big boy pants on and, you know, start fighting, figuring out what is going on with you and, and not a giving up. Really, no, a lot of it's hard to, sometimes I really feel like it's finding the right people to help. Yes. And a lot of the people who come to me, I'm sure come to you guys have been to so many people and they, they have said they've tried everything, you know, and I believe that they think that, and it's, it's about finding the right people, which could take you 10 people, you know? Um, so the not giving up part, I think is really important. Um, and to be open to things that may seem crazy. 
know? right? <laughs> Even if they sound voodoo, it's okay. Give it a try. But and and that's important too that you know people that are with a specific doctor and they're not getting better and they right. don't feel like their doctor is listening to them. You know what? Maybe they're not. Maybe it's time exactly. to move on because it does get a little bit easier when you're working with the right doctor who is sure. is listening to you and believing what you're telling them because yeah. some of our stories they're kind of out there you know <laughs> how, how it, can you not walk one day but you can run around the block the next you explain that to me like that does not make sense yeah. and so we and do we have moving. yeah Body we have crazy hard. stories Right. Yeah. So you need to find a doctor that you can resonate with, I think, is is part of your healing journey as well. And, and yeah. a lot of doctors, they operate from, you know, this this disease, this drug, you know. And, and right. so if you when you come in then with these complex disorders that, you know, the way that Lyme uh, presents, then all of a sudden you're dealing with 30 different symptoms. And so now the doctors think, oh, that's 30 different drugs. And so in their mind, they, they pretty much stop listening after two to three different symptoms. And, and, and now they've already made up their mind. And if it's more than that, then it's antidepressants that you need, you know? And yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. So it, it's, it's kind of important to see then with my, with my doctor, am I, are they capturing what I'm communicating? Or are they just kind of putting a label on me quickly and here's a drug for that label that would just cover one or two symptoms of what it is that I'm dealing with. Right. No, I totally, totally agree. And um, I also think that, and I don't know why it's, well, I know why it's still like this. I was going to say, I don't know why it's still that, you know, there's such narrow um, CDC testing guidelines and things that have been approved by insurance companies. And, you know, and that's because I think it's because they can't, really put a good finger on Lyme. Like it would be great if every single Lyme case was the same and you had one set of symptoms and, you know, but it, that's not how it works. And it really does take a lot of sleuthing and a lot of spending time with people um, and a lot of knowledge, you know, and research on the practitioner's part to see, wow, there's, there's all of these things out there that I'm not aware of. And um, unfortunately, you know, a lot of insurance just doesn't cover that or that that kind of time or, you know, things like that. So I think it's really limited, um, not only knowledge, but treatment. Yeah, and, and if you yeah. look just on, from an insurance company's point of view, so here you have an individual presenting with complex issues. They're going to need long-term care, and they're going to need care in all these different areas. It's going to be a lot of expense. So... Yep. What would be the cheapest? Well, the cheapest would be uh, let's make so that they are not diagnosed. You know, let's right. let's make sure that the disease is not fully recognized. And right. now we can just do a, a quick, you know, here's some pain medication, here's some sleeping medication, here's some antidepressants, and off you go. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And it's just, and then people wonder, or the medical profession wonders why, you know, no one trusts traditional medicine and why they go to alternative practitioners and then they fight so hard to have alternative people not licensed. And, you know, in Connecticut, my naturopath was licensed, but that's not how it is in most states. So 
um, you know, just looking at treatment alternatives and things. So, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, no, I, I agree. I'm, I'm curious. So as, as a medical intuitive, um, yes. I'm, I'm, so when you look at an individual, so you, let's, let's say somebody comes and they deal with, with an ailment and you, you do like a, a scan to see what's going on. What, what do you see? Yeah, that's a really great question. Okay. So I work, um, differently from most, um, I get someone's name and age and that is it. I don't get a picture. I don't find out anything else about them. And my guides create a four page report. It's very, very detailed about every single thing that's going on in the person's life and everything that may have, may have impacted them. So like childhood stuff and relationships and their career and their, it's very long and it's very involved. Um, so there's that part of it. And then I also do an intuitive soul painting. So I get some symbolic information about what's going on with the bodies, uh, with their body and their energy and stuff. And when I tune into a body, um, I'm fortunate in that I have a lot of different modalities. So I can look inside and see, um, for instance, I like if there's endometriosis or fibro, you know, fibroids or something like that, which I cannot label as a diagnosis, um, I will often see bumpiness, um, you know, inflammation and bumpiness and maybe organs that are squished together or things like that. Um, or same like diverticulitis or things. It's, it's often like kind of bumps. And so I have to kind of put it body place. Um, I often will just hear words in my head, you know, um, like I was working with this 12 year old girl and I heard teeth enamel and I have to be careful because as a human, I can interpret that. So my humanness kind of said, oh, she must have a lot of cavities, but I know enough not to interpret. So I just put teeth enamel. And her mom said, um, it's really weird that you said that because she has really strong tooth enamel and has never had a cavity. So I have to be careful not to, you know, be, be a human and, and interpret too much. Um, I also will get symptoms sometimes if I'm doing a reading, you know, I'll get a stomach ache or a headache or a whatever. Um, I will see pictures. So sometimes I see pictures of their loved ones who are deceased and are watching over them or... I'll get a picture of a scene in their life or something. Um, so it really is a bunch of, of different ways that I get information. Wow. That's a, yeah, I was interviewing, I can't remember his name. I, I want to say John Kratom or something. Like Kratom is, is you know, the, the Malaysian uh, leaf. But it was, it was something like that. And he, he taught at the, the Monroe Institute. I'm, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the Monroe no. Institute. But it, it, it's a place where a lot of these individuals where you can kind of heighten your, your extra, your, your additional talents or sensory perception sure. and, and kind of communicate a little bit more beyond just words and sense things and see things. And uh, uh, he had, uh, so he developed this technique where you know, he was able then to see individuals and see kind of textures in their in their skin and, and kind of in the energy kind of on their skin. And that would then represent different diseases or different, you know, health. And, uh, it was, was, and, and it was something that pretty much anyone could learn and develop. And he taught that all over the world. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's really fascinating when you open yourself up to things that are just beyond the five senses and, and recognize that we have more capacity and capability than than just that i mean our our 
where yeah. our bodies are made in such an incredible way and to utilize those other talents. So yeah, it's, it's, all, it's, it's always fascinating to me. Yeah, and the reason that I developed the painting part of it is I'm very Jungian, Carl Jung, and that's how I got better from an eating disorder and you know, other story. It's all in my book. But, um, but I really like symbolism and art. And so the paintings give me different signals and messages about what's going on in the body. So like, depending on how their arms are or where I put certain dots or certain colors, or, you know, I kind of have this language going on with my spiritual guides that, oh, I know that this means X, Y, Z if I put that there or, you know, so it, it takes it to the next level um, because sometimes, as I said, with words, you can humanly screw it up. Uh, with symbolism, it's just there, so. Wow, that's, I, I'm fascinated. I love it. I, yeah. I love everything about it. So, well, we will definitely, um, in the title to your podcast for the listeners out there, we will definitely put your information if they would cool. like to reach out to you um, for any of this fascinating stuff that you're doing, because I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's really fun. Um, I can't explain how I do it, but I'm very fortunate. So, and I'm, I'm curious. So what, what is your archetype then? Since you're um, I am a, yeah, so I'm an INF. Um, I'm last time I took it, it was a while back, but I'm kind of equally J and P. Okay. Which is very bizarre. <laughs> I mean, it's me. So. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. <laughs> Great. Well, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for, for all the you know, help that you're giving people. Thank you for bringing knowledge and light, you know, through, through your writing and, and so, and for sharing for the listeners, you know, your journey so that they can be inspired by that. Thank you so much, Katie. Oh, thank you. And now um, it's great to know you guys because I have another resource for referrals. So absolutely. Well, that's you know that's what we need in the Lyme community because it literally takes a village. So yes, yeah, super nice to meet you. Thank you again for your time and sharing your journey and everything that you're doing for the world to make it a better Likewise. place. Likewise. Likewise. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. This podcast is for educational purposes only and is not designed to diagnose or treat any disease. I hope this podcast impacted you as it did me. Please subscribe so that you can be notified when new episodes are released. There are some excellent shows coming up that you do not want to miss. If you're enjoying these podcasts, please take a moment to write a review and please don't keep this information to yourself. Share them with your family and friends. You never know what piece of information that will transform their lives. For past episodes and powerful information on how to conquer Lyme, go to IntegrativeLymeSolutions.com and an additional powerful resource, LimeStream.com. For Lyme support and group discussions, join Tanya on Facebook at Lyme Conquerors Mentoring Lyme Warriors. If you'd like to know more about the cutting-edge integrative Lyme therapies my center offers, please visit thecarlfeldcenter.com. Thank you for spending this time with us, and I hope to see you at our next episode of Integrative Lyme Solutions with Dr. Carl Feldt.